conferences, long agendas, big venues, always on your feet, barely getting to see the people that you want to see, and then, of course, the expense. Well, the three of us at Good Morning Hospitality are launching Good Morning Retreats. Our first retreat is this July 8th through the 10th at the Horse Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. If you go to goodmorningretreats.com, you'll find out more information about our first retreat that we're launching. We have already filled half the slots. We have 20 available and we have about 13 already filled. So make sure you go there, you apply, show your interest, and we'll get you all situated for our first ever Good Morning Retreat. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. And now back to the episode. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. All right, Michael. So what makes a software solution enterprise class? It has to work with big companies. Close. Is it the trustworthiness of the vendor? That definitely is part of the equation. Okay. Is it how well the product is supported after the sale process is done? To be enterprise, I would say that's a must. Okay. Or do you think the solution's ability to scale with your growth and ambitions for the company as a property manager is really important as well? If it can't scale with you, it definitely is not enterprise. Well, all of your answers are correct, my friend, which is why property management companies are switching to Track Hospitality software because Track's powerful native functionality offers everything you need to run a modern hospitality business. From booking engines to owner portals and trust accounting, Track's built-in tools are designed to work beautifully together and scale with you. Best of all, Track's growing list of integrations makes it easy to plug into your tech stack for the ultimate flexibility. So if you want to learn more, all of our Good Morning Hospitality listeners have a dedicated link in our show notes, and we're excited for you to check it out. Now, back to the episode. Welcome to Good Morning Hospitality your one-stop shop for the latest news, noteworthy trends, and thought-provoking discussions across the industry. From hotels and short-term rentals to all things travel and hospitality, you'll find each episode equips you with the information that you need to start your week. Join us on Good Morning Hospitality every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. How are we doing? You got a different background, Will. Where are you? Oh, you know, just in nice old Scottsdale, Arizona for the Level Up Your Listing Summit. All right. So, Will, how did you get invited to an all-women's conference? Um, well, you know, I'm just that cool. They really needed someone to really carry the... I'm just kidding. Uh, no. So, <laughs> Natalie and Tatiana, who are putting on the conference, they're in the podcast network, and they're like, Will, we got to have you on stage. But you're not a woman, so you're not going to be able to be a speaker. But we need a, a good MC, and yeah, so that's why that's why I'm doing it. You know, kind of bring bring the heat, gonna get the women all amped up for the week up. Let's go. No one can do it better than you will. No one, no one. I need. I actually, I need the pep talk first before I go on stage because it's a little intimidating. I'd be pretty but, nervous. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna lie. it's gonna be intense. 
thankfully i know most of the speakers so that will be nice i'll have like a, a good it's already a good rapport um but yeah i'm excited i might have to do a couple dance moves apparently there's a whole bunch of stuff going on so it's nice to see a conference as well in the industry that is actually changing the way that they've done it like all the vendor booths are custom made and no one like from a sponsorship side has to bring anything outside of some swag if you want it but yeah it's pretty cool to see what they're doing and building the experience so shout out to natalie tatiana if they're listening or watching the live we're gonna rock it this week so let's go but yeah you can also see the air dna team so it's gonna be fun lots of people how are you guys doing <laughs> what's up with you doing good i've got uh I conferenced myself this week out in Salt Lake City, so heading out uh, midweek. What and... conference is that? What's that? What conference is that? It is a genealogical conference tying in with Storied Collection. We're uh, releasing a feature where you can search by your last name and find a property that could have been or or might be in your family tree. So. What better place to do that than a genealogical conference in Salt Lake City? No better spot to do it. <laughs> Jamie, how about you? Do you have any conferences this week, next week? Not this week, but I'll I'll be at uh, the Verma Spring Forum next week in Kansas City. So excited about that. First time to Kansas City. Okay. <laughs> First time for everyone. Barbecue place That's what I've heard. Yeah. And I've spent time in, in other barbecue hotspots around the country so excited to get some some kansas city barbecue and then uh heading to denver after that for the rest of the week so yes. the week on the road next week good old denver gotta love it <laughs> nice well, hq <laughs> with uh with jamie on the show today we always get a little more analytical than uh will and i are capable of so <laughs> agreed <laughs> welcome jamie glad to yeah, have welcome you back uh, yeah, we're going to be going through this week uh, a lot of the earnings calls that we heard uh, over the past few weeks from Expedia booking Airbnb and then touching on a couple of the hotel chains and what some of the, the snippets that Jamie's picked out on some of their earnings calls. Yeah, I was going to say, Jamie, where do we even begin? There was a lot of them. Yeah, there were there were a lot. It's sort of earnings I mean, past really three weeks. And I, I was surprised to hear Will that you, when we were uh, chatting beforehand that you don't listen to all the earnings calls. Like I, it is yeah. media gold. <laughs> it's it's gotta be media gold. But I'm like, dude, that's a lot. It's a lot to take in. Yeah, a lot of other stuff going on. I gotta yeah. find someone to free up my time. <laughs> so, and the big ones for the short-term rental industry, obviously Expedia, which owns Verbo, um, Airbnb, uh, and then Booking.com. I'm, I was thinking maybe we could start with uh, Expedia because uh, I feel like they had the biggest sort of uh, release or, or something that they talked about that impacted um, both hotels and short-term rentals. And that's going to be the launch of One Key in 2023. Uh, so uh, I don't know if you guys have been following, but really since they bought Verbo and HomeAway and there was the goal of getting to a single platform that housed all their brands and they're finally going to get there uh, this year. And with that, what that sort of unlocks for them is they're going to launch a single loyalty program across all their brands. Uh, so 
I'm, it's going to be, I think, a, a big impact of I'm, what does loyalty actually mean for the short-term rental industry? Because we've never really had a major loyalty program in the past, I think. No. I mean, I think the closest loyalty program that's out there is Marriott's, and that's pretty much a closed what user group, right? What does loyalty actually mean for... So I, I mean, personally, I've never used the only loyalty group that I'm, I'm a big part of is Delta. Um, mm. as, as everybody knows, that's watched this <laughs> show, but I mean, I think being able to unlock a new asset class is going to help drive those redemptions of hotel nights now in short mental locations. I'm con not concerned, maybe it's not the right word, but for one brand, I guess, does this mean Expedia is just Expedia and everything listed is going to be Expedia? Or are you talking like one key is just going to be kind of like the, you can apply it, whether it's a hotel or a short-term rental? Yeah, so my understanding is you're going to be able to earn points across all their brands in one system. So gotcha. if you book a flight on Expedia or book a um, short-term rental through Verbo, you're earning all part of the same point system and then can use those points across platforms as well. So and if you and think like on the margin, if I'm going to book and let's say the same home is listed on Vacasa, Verbo or Airbnb, and if, let's say it's the same price across all three. Like I'm going to book on book it through Verbo because I'm going to mm -hmm. be able to earn some points. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think that's I'm something that they're banking on. Um, they found that and people that sort of use uh, their loyalty members and uh, and are much more profitable. They sort of drive repeat business. And for Expedia, that's been so much on marketing of sort of driving bookings through their platform. If you get, you get people that are just going directly to their, their app uh, to make those bookings that that could have a really big impact on their business. Well, it's going to yeah. completely destroy the book direct, like everything, not to, not to bring down like that cloud of sadness, but it's true. It's like everyone's why, why would anyone book direct if they can just get all their points? If with the all price travel? is the same. Yeah. If there's still a 15% discrepancy, then yes, there's a benefit to booking direct. I think booking.com has had this genius program, which you hit different levels and you get different discounts. Uh, Airbnb, is, their response in their Q4 earnings was pretty funny. The best loyalty program is building a product people love so much, they want to come back. You don't have to pay them to come back. I bet there, this tune will change if uh, Expedia starts eating some market share back, Verbo starts eating it back. Airbnb's talked about doing a loyalty program too. So just sounds like they're way behind the eight ball. And this is Airbnb's, we're a better brand than everybody in the world response. Uh, do, you think, do you think they can get away with it though? Do you think they can get away with no loyalty program at all? Like if everyone else does one, but they don't, do you think that their it, platform will still be the dominant short-term rental one? No. If Expedia starts to get a lot of users using it, the loyalty program or using Expedia because of the loyalty program, it won't take two quarters for Airbnb to launch theirs. Yeah. I, mean, and, I would even and, on, on Airbnb at that point. Right. And 
across all other forms of travel or the big brands like and you book Delta and if there's maybe even a slightly different price differentiation, like you're going to choose Delta over the other option because of the loyalty program, right? And uh, booking Hilton versus Marriott, if you're a Marriott guy or a, a Hilton guy, and that's going to incrementally sort of change your your behavior. And if and I do feel like loyalty programs could do that. And and uh, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think it's going to push Airbnb to do one, maybe not in 2023, but maybe a, a 2024 uh, reaction. Well, that's the thing. It's like I'll never, for me personally, I wouldn't even if like, I never book flights on Expedia. So when I'm doing travel, I'm never going to book through them, even if it is a loyalty program type deal. If I'm going to book a hotel, it's going to be on Marriott and it's going to be through my Bonvoy membership. Um, so what 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 do you think their, I guess, ideal acquisition would be from other loyalty users? Because I get the whole trip, like you can book a rental car, you can book the flight, you can book the hotel or the short-term rental. So that would be like the only factor I would say would drive me as a loyalist to another brand like Michael is to Delta, I am to Alaska or to um, either any other airline. Um, so how, like, I guess, how would they try to acquire loyalty users from other programs if they're really already loyal? Like I'm never going to switch from the Marriott side. Like that's just how it is. I'm not, I, well, I love my points. Yeah. I love my loyalty status. Like you just, it has the perks. I get it. And I, I would never switch from Delta, but at the same time, I'm not loyal. You're not loyal to an airline. I'm not loyal to a hotel chain. Mm -hmm. So um, you, you can build, if I can build points by booking at Marriott and Hilton and Hyatt and IHG, that's better for me because I'm not a brand loyalist to one of those. Mm -hmm. Now Delta different for me flying out of Atlanta. Like it's pretty much all the flights would be Delta anyway. Yeah. But there's, and this could be, maybe you can backstop this, Jamie, but a quick Google search. There's almost 19 million um, users of Expedia per year. So it doesn't, you know, the three of us on this call are well-versed in travel. This is our, our life, but there's 19 million people a year that are booking through Expedia that probably do multiple trips or multiple bookings. And this is going to cause them to be more loyal than going to Airbnb or going to true to booking. Very true. Cool. Yeah, Another pretty interesting chart. Uh, Will, if you can bring it up, we oh, all my. know that Verbo was the lifeblood of Expedia during COVID, but this is pretty shocking to me that it has, remains a much higher share of Expedia's total revenue post-COVID. Um, almost double, it looks like. So, Jamie, you want to dive into that? Yeah, and, and so these are, these are my estimates, not something that Expedia <laughs> uh, reports. Uh, so we're, we're tracking uh, bookings coming through Verbo and estimating their sort of total impact on Expedia's revenues. Uh, but yeah, I think it shows the and persistence of and uh, uh, of Verbo on the business of how strong bookings have remained um, even in and in, in the areas that um, 
uh, Verbo's most, most dominant in sort of those destination resort areas, whether it's in mountain areas, whether it's coastal destination, it, and demand's still been really strong. Uh, Verbo's added a ton of supply to their platform over the past year or two, um, which has really helped them sort of maintain uh, the revenue gains, even as uh, sort of hotels have come back and flights have come back as a, a, a share of uh, Expedia's revenues. So I'd expect hotels and flights have been some of the fastest growers um, in terms of uh, booking activity and uh, revenue growth. Uh, but um, not really putting a dent yet, uh, given uh, and all the supply that's been coming on to Verbo. Uh, they have actually been expanding some into sort of cities, um, which we hadn't really seen uh, pre-pandemic. Uh, mm -hmm. So maybe they get some traction there. Uh, but yeah, it's still I'm mostly dominant for them in, in the um, destination areas. Do you think it's doing that because I think we talked maybe not last time that you were on the show, but the time before, where it was going into how Verbo's definitely been the platform where only vacation homes are. Like they're not doing shared properties. They're not doing spare bedrooms. They're not doing a lot of urban activity. Do you mm -hmm. think a lot of this activity or this growth is due to that they've held strong with that? Or is it just, you know, I, I don't know what else could drive people away from Airbnb in the sense of booking, knowing that, especially being here at this conference, just hearing people talk about short-term rentals. Again, we all know the Airbnb it, or they call it an Airbnb X, Y, and Z and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm just kind of curious on, on what your, your thoughts are maybe on the, the Verbo growth due to yeah. that. And I think it's, I'm primarily a rising tide lifts all boats. Like j there's just so much uh, tailwind for the industry uh, that it's and we're and across all platforms uh, we're seeing uh, we're seeing that growth and we can jump down into and what we saw from Airbnb and and when you look at the three major platforms like Booking.com's revenues were up thirty six percent last quarter Airbnb's were up twenty four percent Expedia's were up fifteen percent like it, just the massive growth that the travel industry is seeing right now. Um, is, is really helping in everyone. But if we even looked at I mean, direct bookings I mean, for the industry, they'd even be up. Like it's not that um, anyone's stealing share away right now. It's just I mean, uh, there, there's tailwinds across all different aspects of the business. Is, is it growth, Jamie, or is it still recovery rebounds? I mean, it, it sounds yeah. like we're actually charting into growth from 2019 highs. Yeah. So yeah, across the three platforms, it's all growth. Now they've all recovered now from to 2019 levels. Uh, and now they're sort of in into expansionary mode. Uh, Airbnb is definitely the biggest in expansionary mode though. Verbo um, as a piece of Expedia's business is, was in, definitely in expansionary mode last year and, and continuing uh, on today. Well, let's uh, quickly touch on some of Booking's comments during uh, their earnings call. One that I think I've seen persistently, consistently across every earnings call for the past decade of Booking is strengthen their position in the U.S. market. 
are they strengthening it, strengthening it at all at, at this point, Jamie, or is it still an aspirational point? Yeah, I, I'm, I think they, they have been strengthening it, but um, as a maybe a piece of their business, but not necessarily as a piece of I'm taking share away from the others yet, uh, just given how strong the U.S. has been relative to um, Europe and the rest of the world in terms of just overall uh, travel activity. Uh, uh, and then and I think what what was a big surprise for me was just how strong alternative accommodations are growing for them. And, and maybe it's just the um, U.S. bias that I have uh, <laughs> of, of, of sitting here in Atlanta uh, uh, and just not seeing and not using booking.com as a, a, a regular a source of uh, alternative lodging of short-term rental bookings, uh, but it's I mean, 30% of booking.com's total room nights. And they grew that uh, 56% uh, in 2022. So, um, and really strong growth that they'd seen. And they're now above 2019 levels for their accommodation, alternative accommodation uh, bookings. I think a lot of that goes to another topic that they've been talking about a lot lately, which is their payments platform. It was at least in the vacation rental side. I'm I'm not sure on the hotel or flight side, but on the on the alternative accommodation side, booking has been fraught with fraud and issues with payments. So I have heard it is getting better. Um, they've gotten some alternative structures for payments, but it's still not perfect. There's people are still having some issues. So I have to assume the growth of alternative accommodations comes with the bettering of the payments platform and booking can be a force, especially once European travelers are coming back to the States in the troves that they were, but they just mm -hmm. aren't at this point. Um, and that's where, we saw a lot of bookings on the booking platform in gateway cities, Chicago, Miami, New York, you know, Orlando, but you don't see them in the destination markets as much. So they've got a long way to go to, to strengthen the competition with Verbo in those markets um, and even Airbnb in the urban markets uh, outside of their kind of core strength of Europeans to gateway cities. Well, they definitely, <clears throat> excuse me, they definitely had the um, the payment issue in the hotel world as well. I know that for a fact, the amount of chargebacks that came through, the amount of fraudulent cards, especially due to their virtual card, because allowing guests to prepay um, and then giving the hotel a virtual booking card was kind of the worst experience. So, um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of that growth has to do with their their payments rather than. Uh, all the fraudulent charges coming back. They're probably actually seeing revenue now. Um, and then any any highlights on Airbnb or are they just still a PR machine that wants <laughs> everyone to look at them and see the shiny objects? <laughs> yeah, and they definitely surprised uh, to the upside. I mean, they beat analyst expectations across really all metrics. Um, there was... There's quite a few people, I think, sort of buying into the Airbnb bus mentality 
um, mm-hmm. and expecting them to underperform. Um, so uh, them sort of breaking that um, and something that I just and sort of blew my mind when I when I read it and heard heard them talking about it was around their their headcount being down five percent while their revenues were up 75% compared to 2019. Um, and in the sort of austerity um, mindset that we're and the sort of tech industry is in now and all the bloat that these companies sort of saw during the past three years and all the hiring that they'd seen that Airbnb was, and, and, we, and we saw the sort of layoffs that all the hospitality companies did in 2020 uh, but even with their sort of full recovery and demand and revenues growing, and it seems like and all these groups have been really disciplined in hiring and focusing on profitability uh, and, and probably a great thing given the uncertainty that we have going forward or where even if we did see some um, weakness in, in hospitality demand, which I'm, I'm not expecting, but if we did, and that they wouldn't have to do rounds of layoffs or, or big rounds that it would, um, um, they've, they've been very controlled in their hiring. And say so they, uh, yeah, out of all the ones that, go ahead. There's a lag, go ahead, Will. Nope, go ahead, I, I pause. I'm gonna try to fix my internet. Uh, uh, so, I think a lot of that, Jamie, goes down to focus too. So Verbo focused on what they do well. They they killed the urban segment. Airbnb focused on short-term rentals. They didn't they they killed flights, they killed, you know, all these different tangents that they were running down. And I think that's probably a good lesson for all of us is it's fun to, to chase the shiny object that's right around the corner, but it's a lot more profitable focusing on what you do well and executing. And it seems like that's where, especially Verbo and, and Airbnb are. And it, judging by the numbers, it looks like booking is, is on the same track. So the thing that got me most excited on the earnings calls is and. <laughs> that Airbnb is going to continue on their sort of brand campaigns. Uh, and this, in my opinion, like just helps everyone. Um, and regardless of your opinion on Airbnb or and whether you like them, hate them, they've brought more awareness globally to all short-term <laughs> rentals as an accommodation option. And that the more that they push into the mainstream of people thinking about using short-term rentals for all forms of travel. It just like, it becomes a, an option that maybe wasn't an option and for, for guests in the past. And so they're gonna, I, I think it's Airbnb it, their campaign for 2023. I love it. They, they brought this whole awareness to a castle segment that a lot of people didn't know you could stay in. So <laughs> you can stay in castles, people. And I wonder why that was your big one, your big, your favorite there's, one. There's better, there's better places to book um, than Airbnb. <laughs> so <laughs> if you, if you had to do 
one Airbnb at campaign, each of you, who would you have do your campaign for you as a commercial? I got one. Go Bring ahead. It. I'd have Elon Musk on the International Space Station. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie, you got to have one. I know you've been thinking about this. You've been thinking about if you could have any favorite celebrity be your Airbnb at campaigner, who would it be? Come on. Yeah. I got one. I don't know. I got another uh, one. <laughs> James Cameron on a submarine in the Titanic at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> Stay the night in the Titanic. <laughs> Oxygen mass included. Hopefully you'd stay in the submarine. Yeah. There you go. Okay, that yeah. Works. And th- just their ability to sort of stay in the zeitgeist of like whatever the big trend is and, and get sort of, and someone air, like, I don't know if you guys watched white Lotus, but then like immediately after season two is over, like the plaza that i the group was in was, was on Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and it was sort of build off that. I would love to see, like some celebrities and in, in the ad campaign and just, and people figuring out like, like I'm going to Airbnb this and I'm sort of competing on what's the wildest thing they could Airbnb. Um, and that, that, I feel like that would be a, a, a fun campaign. Fun fact from white Lotus though, the Aperol spritz drink went skyrocketing in sales uh, throughout the country. And so did stays in Sicily. Yeah, that too. But, I thought the Aperol Spritz piece, like I think went like up 800% from like what people normally order. So interesting fact. Yeah. There, there's a stat, I think we shared on a, a show several months ago, but 44% of travel inspiration is from television. Mm. Wow. So it's a lot more than I would Half expect. of the inspirations of travel comes from what you watch on TV. What if you don't watch TV? Never travel. How can you be inspired, Will? Yeah, <laughs> true. There you go. Um, last point, just to touch on a couple of hotels. Um, Marriott discussed the launch of the Ritz-Carlton yacht, and they also discussed the apartments by Marriott, um, neither of which are live yet, but it shows traditional accommodation wanting to get into branded alternative experiences. So all in all, I think a good, interesting trend from a, probably the thought leader of hotels, which is Marriott. Yeah, and then I'm, I really picked up on the sort of the long-term stays continuing. Both Marriott and Airbnb called it out. So Marriott seeing their business trips, uh, length of stay is still 20% above 2019 levels. Uh, Airbnb is still seeing 21% of their bookings greater than 28 days or longer. Uh, and and it is, and I don't know if you guys see in the cities you're in, but and offices are still dead Monday and Friday. Uh, and even with the announced sort of return to the office, most companies are at max calling for two or three days uh, in the office. And this work from home trend is going to, and I think still be a huge tailwind for, for travel. Uh, and uh, the flexibility is, is one of those things that I think is, is going to be the, 
sort of long-term game changer for our industry uh, coming out of COVID of just people can travel uh, just way more opportunity to travel than they ever had in the past because of the flexibility away from work. Yep. Yeah. I think when ADRs compress just a little bit, travel is going to just go insane, but we're still pretty high. It feels like maybe it'll keep going up, but I don't know uh, how sustained that can be. Anyway, Jamie, I always wrap up with this question to you, which is if I'm an investor, what market should I buy in? But you don't have to answer it today because your team has answered it today as the AirDNA fact of the week, our, our latest segment that started last week. So in terms of small and mid-sized cities, Jamie, the top three places you can buy are Fairbanks, Alaska, Evansville, Indiana, in Rockford, Illinois. I've heard of one of those places. Um, Evansville looks like it's in the middle of nowhere and Rockford looks like a, a Chicago suburb. But the things you're getting with these in Fairbanks, a low regulation risk, which is a good thing for anybody that focuses on short-term rentals. Evansville, um, the entry price of houses are pretty low and the ADRs are decent. Entry, entry level prices on, on housing is 116K and the ADR you can get there is 129 bucks. It also scored really low on regulation risk. And then Rockford, um, pretty high ADR, 175 bucks a night. So for, for people who uh, don't want to stay city center in Chicago, it's a good alternative. Yeah, so we, we put out this report. It's by far our most popular report that we put out each year. And the broad trend this year was and the impact of housing prices. So 2022 in general, I'm, housing prices just soared. And we're seeing some weakness now sort of I'm in like the last quarter. But um, in an environment where short-term rental revenues were largely flat and as an industry, like 2022, we didn't see much growth. Uh, housing prices were up 20, 30, sometimes 40% across the country. That just made the affordability of short-term rentals for investors and decrease in a lot of areas. And the sort of the, the common thread of and most of our best places to invest were areas where just housing prices didn't, didn't grow by much. Um, and and short-term rental revenue stayed um, and actually grew in these areas. So the, and relative investability went up and that's and broadly how we saw people investing in 2022 was they're looking for affordability. Uh, small and mid-sized cities saw the most growth um, across all the location types that are, we track. So that's actually where people were investing their dollars too. So, and it was, is a broad trend that we saw uh, over the past year. Is Jamie, is there a direct correlation, maybe with a two-year lag, of top 10 markets you have in reports that are low regulation risk with two years later being high regulation risk because a lot of people bought in those markets? <laughs> I've actually gone back and looked, and it, no, it's not. <laughs> oh, wow. uh, of course, you're prepared with an answer. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I thought I stumped I mean, you. <laughs> <laughs> uh 
I mean, you, you definitely see sort of the local local articles coming out after we release these lists of like, wait, wh why is our city good to invest? Like, do we want actually people investing in it? Uh, uh, but I mean, generally the those articles out. <laughs> we want people investing in our community. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> stay away. Please do not stay in our market. <laughs> yeah. Do not cool. spend your money at our businesses. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, enjoyed it. Will, have a great MC session. I want to see the video of you dancing on stage. Please, uh, any for anyone listening to the show today, please send this in to us. <laughs> and, uh, I can share next week. Yeah, it, that that will be happening tonight. So that's gonna be fun. I gotta do. I gotta do my stretches. You know, gotta get, <laughs> gotta get uh, stretch my back from that that long flight out here. But no, we'll Lord be good. Have mercy. <laughs> well, yeah, good good episode, you guys. Um, thank you, Jamie, again for always bringing in bringing in the data, bringing in the stuff that Michael and I, like, I don't know how you listen to all those earning calls, but good on you. I'll try to get better. Maybe um, get my assistant to help me out with that. But yeah. And, and thanks for all the swag. Loving my uh, good morning hospitality shirt and mug. Yeah. Any if of anyone else wants one, there's yeah. a link in the show notes. Amen. There we go. You guys are doing all the promo for me. I don't even need okay. to be here today. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you guys. And we'll see you all again next week. Mm -hmm.